Thank you for listening to the Movement Group podcast from Movement Church in Hilliard, Ohio. This podcast is intended to help encourage you as a group leader by hearing from other leaders who are right in the trenches with you. Each month, we will hear about the wins, struggles, and tensions each leader goes through while focusing on one leadership principle that leaders can grow in and apply. If you have any follow-up questions about what you hear today, email us at info at movementcolumbus.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Movement Group Podcast. This is Josh Howard, your communication and arts pastor, and I'm excited to be here yet another month. And man, I am excited for today and what we're going to be talking about. Uh, last month, we talked about multiplication with Mark Gartrip and just the, the ups and downs and the struggles that multiplication brings when we talk about groups and, and how sometimes that can be a downer, but it also is a necessity for growth and all those things. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about counseling and what does that mean to counsel your group and, and how to lead your group when your pastor isn't always available. So today, our special guest is Morgan Trainer. And I almost said Morgan Myers because uh, that's how I, I've known you longer as a Myers and yes. a trainer. But so Morgan is um, the wife of Joel Trainer. She's uh, uh, they're part of our resident church planning team that is planning Three Creeks in Gahanna, mm-hmm. and uh, we we go back quite a ways. That's why yeah. I, I said almost said Morgan Myers, like probably like preschool. No, believe it no? or not, second grade. Oh, I thought you were there at preschool. Yeah, but apparently not. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm not that remember. Yeah, you, know, you can't remember <laughs> me very much. But uh, yeah, second grade, I came to Worthington the Christian, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember this. This is going to be a, a weird shout out to Courtney Homily. What's her name now? Starkey. Cor- oh yeah, that's right, Courtney Stark. Yep. Yeah, she sat next to me, and I was just a small little guy in second grade, and I remember <laughs> her. But yeah, second grade came to Worthington Christian from moving here from Dayton for three uh-huh. years, and I know uh, we were played soccer. Yeah. I mean, I feel like at a school that size, you pretty much know everyone fairly well. Yeah. So and we was... graduated, went our own ways and yeah. then here we are back. I again. know, right? It's crazy. Everyone <laughs> ends up world. coming back to Columbus, you know, it's crazy. Yep. So, um, I don't know if you want to, you know, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what it's like been being back here mm-hmm. and coming back to three, for three Creeks church and all that. Yeah. It is, it is good. It's weird. I mean, in some ways, I don't know if anybody else has the experience of moving back to where you went to high school, but it's this kind of surreal, like, okay, this is not the same place that I went to high school because the majority of my people don't live here anymore. Yeah. Like, uh, my family does, and that is a great blessing, but a lot of my close friends, they live in other states and far away, but at the same time, it is still home. Like, it's mm-hmm. still where I grew up and I have that weird, like I walk into a grocery store and I see people I know and I'm like, how is this a city of millions? And yet you still will run into people that you grew up with. And so there are definitely lots of positives to being back here. And obviously for the greatest reason of getting to plant the church, it's been great. Um, It's fun now. We just moved to Gahanna like at the first of the month. So it feels like things are starting and that is like now home and yeah. I can start figuring out the grocery store I go to and just dumb stuff like that. But yeah, I'm so glad you to have be Cooper. There. Yes, Cooper yeah. is eight and a half months old and sick at home right now. Yeah. So, so when's uh, the second one coming along? <laughs> no announcement right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Man, I thought, man, that would really get that a lot of listeners really, if you, you had a special yeah, announcement. Yeah, that'd be the best podcast ever. <laughs> no. So, 
Not well, yet. Well, that's that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm excited you're here, and we're obviously excited. Um, you and Joel are here to be sent out um, with the team to plant three creeks. Yeah. And, uh, we've already had Joel on this podcast, so mm-hmm. we thought we got to have Morgan. And uh, <laughs> um, so we're we're thankful that you're here. Uh, so I I always like to ask this question just because I want to ask everybody this, <laughs> and everyone in my group in in the hot seat, everyone knows I ask this question. But hey. would you rather have no elbows or no knees, and why? Honestly, it's kind of a no-brainer for me. I think I could not do life without elbows. I mean, yeah. I mean, so much of what I do and so many of the things I enjoy doing, like I need my hands and yeah. I need mobility with my arms. So you wouldn't be able to drink the coffee you're drinking nope. right now, or carry my daughter, or make food. I mean, a lot would change too if I had no knees. But I don't know. I was just thinking the other day, how, would I be able to drive if I didn't have? knees that'd be really but you can drive if you didn't have elbows i mean come on I, that's true that's you just true. can drive <laughs> well that's uh it's well, like a lose-lose thank Let's you be guys real. for listening we uh <laughs> clarified that we'll, yes we're good for the day um so spring is around the corner and mm-hmm. I, I was just joking with you before um you know we just had daylight savings so we lost an hour and i swear oh, yeah. every time i do one of these podcasts um i have a late night before we were doing a video <laughs> shoot last night and i always feel like i'm a zombie but <laughs> i have hope that spring is around the corner and it's going to get warmer yes what are you looking forward to with spring coming? oh out? we are so excited for so many reasons but to have cookouts at our house we just moved from camp ministry mm-hmm. and in camp ministry, like it's kind of an all encompassing thing. And so we just always <laughs> laugh about how we never had summers. Like for the last three years, we yeah. have literally not had a summer, um, at least summer experiences. So mm-hmm. we're just pumped to get to like have things like barbecues and yeah. come on over and we'll grill out. And yeah, I get so excited about that. That's awesome. So with you being a movement group leader, which kind of mm-hmm. shift gears a little bit. Yeah. Um, this is your first year being in our context and yep. being a group leader in our context. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what made you guys want to be a, a group leader? Well, I mean, you made us. Yeah, well, so. that's true. I, I was hoping you weren't going to say <laughs> no, that. But, no, no. You know, because that's, you guys are just genuine. No. Yeah, no. I That was the thing I was most excited about, if I'm being honest. And personally, it's the thing that I get. I'm like most passionate about is just discipleship Mm. and what that can look like in a small group setting. And I have been in countless small groups, whether that's me just being a part of it or leading them through church or job or school, so many places. And I just like, I've seen the benefits and I've seen that it works and I'm a big believer in life change can happen in a small group setting. That's awesome. So how's it been going? We're, we're, uh, we only got a few months left before yeah. we break for the summer. And yep. so how things have been going with group leading and just your group in general? Sure. Really good. And then not really hard, not, not really hard, but, um, so this past fall, we just saw tons of growth with our yeah. group and, um, it was cool. And I think we were starting to build some momentum and mm-hmm. our group was clicking and gelling and it, you know, Mark talked about this last week, the multiplication, and yeah. we got to the point where we had to multiply. I mean, yeah. we just had 
too many people in our group. Mm -hmm. So that was a win, but it also, I've seen just some of the hardship with that and just the realities of like, yeah, it's not easy to do that because our group was finally gelling and clicking and now it's like... I mean, not completely. You guys had, I think, what, like over 20 people? Yeah, it was a lot. And and it was cool because people were inviting non-believers and their neighbors and new people were wanting to join our group. So we were having a lot of momentum with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we did multiply. And I've seen benefits to that for sure. But I also... Oh, I mean... I just think when you have a group that's not that large, it forces people to be out of their comfort zone and mm-hmm. talk maybe when they don't want to. And <laughs> there's a little bit more accountability at that size of a group. Yeah. When somebody's not there, you notice. Mm-hmm. So um, there's definitely been some positives to that. And even we talk about discipleship, but it's a lot easier to invest in six or eight girls as opposed to like, wow, there's t- like there. I mean, some of that's just a little bit more tangible. Um, but you know, some of it's hard too, and people are upset because their friends aren't in their group or, um, you know, it's, we maybe lose momentum a little bit, but we still believe that it was supposed to happen. And, um, so I don't know, just honestly, some of that wrestling with like, Hey, multiplication's good, but it's also hard when you have to do it. So especially, I mean, that was quick. I mean, you you were just a group leader. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so this month's topic is, as we continue here, is how does a group leader respond to counseling needs? Mm-hmm. You know, so we're close to wrapping up groups before the break of summer. And, and at this point, most groups are most familiar with each other and the people in their group and they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And obviously you guys had uh, to multiply. So it's a little sure. bit different. But um, so I, I would imagine there is a, a good sense of community in our mm-hmm. groups at this point And discipleship has happened and, mm-hmm. and but along the way uh, because we're all humans life happens and things come up where maybe someone in your group is needing help or mm-hmm. advice or mm-hmm. counsel maybe someone's struggling with a divorce or personal sin or depression you know you name it but what do you do as a group leader sure. do you do you run to your pastor and say help I need help or sure. um, you know a lot of us most of us don't have training and counseling or any type of that form. And, and so we try to find somebody who does. Sure. And, and I think our goal as a movement church, you know, when we say discipleship happens in groups, it's, we want, you know, Mark and I and Joel and Sarah and and others on our leadership team, our elders can't be there for everybody. Yeah. And so when we say that family happens and family is supposed to happen in groups and discipleship is supposed to happen in groups, we want group leaders to be the people in that community that yeah, people go to for definitely. help because we're more than capable, especially when mm-hmm. we have the word, we're more yep. than capable um, mm-hmm. to be able to do it. We just believe the lies yeah. and, and, and get intimidated. And, yeah. So some of those lies and struggles, you know, I, I, one of them I already mentioned, you know, I don't have a degree in counseling. I'm yeah. not qualified pastor. Totally. Help me. Or, you know, this topic is too awkward and yes. makes me uncomfortable. Or, you know, I can listen, but don't know how to point towards resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes listening is is just some of the best ways that you can help somebody. Um, Or, you know, if counseling, at what point do I ask for outside help? Like, Mm -hmm. at what point is it like, well, this is something Mm -hmm. where they really do need help. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to break that promise of, you know, well, first of all, we shouldn't promise that we are going to keep a secret for for the safety of that person. But, you know, at what point do we need to ask for outside help? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think those are things uh, 
people ask. I don't know if you had any other thoughts with yeah, that. Yeah, no. I, as I was kind of thinking about this and processing through where am I at with this, um, I definitely struggle with a lot of those things. Um, and especially if I'm being completely honest, I get super intimidated about counseling. <laughs> it sounds like such an intense word and something that I am so underqualified for, if I'm being honest. Um, a little background. So I came from Canacook Camps, yep. where Joel and I both had been on staff as directors there. And so literally every single year, I was almost just handed 120 college staff girls in the spring and the summer that were underneath me that were coming not just to invest in kids but to be invested in and they in essence would seek me out and say help me with my problems (laughs) and um it was a super humbling thing but it was also exciting and i loved it i loved getting to intentionally invest in these college girls well flip side we move here and I don't have 120 college girls that are running to me and saying, help me, help me, invest in me. Mm-hmm. I have people that are my own age or older than me that aren't saying that, but yeah. maybe do need help. And so I personally get so intimidated and I can hear lies like, well, well you're inadequate to do that or you're not skilled enough to do that. Or I get fearful that people are going to think that I'm acting better than them if I try and offer help or Mm -hmm. um, anything along those lines that's, yeah, that I'm not skilled enough to help people in this stage of life. And I think it is a lie. Like it is. And I was um, thinking through some of these (laughs) questions and what I would say and Honestly, I came to, um, there's a verse in John, I think it's John 14, 26, that Mm. talks about how we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is actually referred to as a helper or counselor. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is inside of us. And I can trust that it's not going to be my words, but it is the Holy Spirit Mm. who is skilled as a counselor. And if I rely on him, like he is going to work through me in those settings when I get to counsel or help guide or disciple another person who is my age or is older than me at times Mm or um, whoever it might be. So um, we are equipped only through Jesus and we are equipped through knowing God's word. Mm -hmm. And um, that should dispel a lot of these these lies or, but at the same time, like we shouldn't feel bad if we do have to ask for help because that will have to happen at times. Yeah. I, I, as you were saying that I, I kind of laughed to myself at myself, uh, cause I just finished my first round of premarital counseling. I was counseling a a new, (laughs) um, a a new couple that's getting married here this summer. And I'm like, I'm, I'm barely two years in. Who am I to, (laughs) I'm still trying to figure it out. But, but, but at the same time, like I was reminded, especially with that verse, you know, like it isn't about me. It's Mm -hmm. about, you know, how the Holy Spirit uses me and how the Holy Spirit speaks through me to, and it went okay. You know, but if Michael and Nicole listen to this and, you think otherwise? I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. But Joel and I are going through a similar thing. We're doing pre-marriage counseling and yeah. it's those similar fears of like, well, I've only been married three and a half years. Like, what do I have to say? But at the end of the day, I should feel that pressure of like, 
what do I have to say? Mm-hmm. Um, it should be God's word that I'm speaking over them, and that should be what's guiding us. Yeah. And if, it, if the standard is my marriage, I'm leading yes. them astray. And you know what? Even if I'm 20 years in, yeah. my standard should still not be our marriage. Yep. It should be God's word and what God's word has to say, and that should be what guides and directs us as we counsel a couple or a person. Yeah, that's that's great. So um, as we look at some of these questions um, and we think about counseling, mm-hmm. what is the what would you say the goal of counseling is? Sure. It's kind of a broad question. Yeah. but You know, this is going to sound very Christian, Christian-y, but I think the goal really should be to point people to Jesus and to God's word. Yeah. And um, that goes countercultural to, to, I think, some secular counseling. But I do believe that a lot of secular counseling is putting a Band-Aid on wounds um, when, in essence, if we're not pointing people to Jesus and God's word, then we're failing them. And hear me out. There are times when if somebody's sitting across from you and they're talking about their problems or things that are going on in their lives, and if you were to sit across from them and say, just believe in Jesus. Just mm-hmm. trust in Jesus. Not that that isn't true. It is true, but it might fall on deaf ears yeah. um, because that's maybe not what they need to hear at that moment. Yeah. But I do think that there's a way to go about loving people, speaking truth to people, and um, counseling them that is truly pointing them to Jesus and yeah. pointing them back to truth found in God's word. And that is the ultimate goal. That's great. That's good. So what background and training have you had or do you have um, with all this? Well, formally, I did a program about a year ago um, in order to become a certified biblical counselor through the Association of Biblical Counseling. Um, It was a year-long program and it was great. Um, But I kind of shared with my job in the past, a lot of my role was to be a counselor and to counsel college girls through all kinds of things. That's awesome. So, when facing counseling, what kind of struggles do you run into? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of what I even just said of feeling inadequate personally um, and feeling like, well, I don't have the words to say, or I think I can easily, this is just me speaking personally, I can easily get discouraged if I feel like I put myself out there to help people. And it's not reciprocated. Mm. Or like what I was sharing earlier, I have been blessed to be in positions of ministry and even with my job where I was sought out in that position. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that happens very often in real life. Like if it's not your job, people aren't necessarily going to just say like, hey, help me. (laughs) Or, hey, can we sit down and have a counseling session? Like that's not what this looks like, especially in a movement group leader context, Mm -hmm. not many people are going to say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Can you help me? But I think more often than not, what ends up happening is you're in movement group or you're just in conversation and somebody in the context of questions being asked brings up something that they're really struggling with. Yeah. Or you can discern like, wow, I don't know if they're doing so hot. Um, And like I said, it can go back to that inadequacy of like, well... I shouldn't say anything to them. Like they're going to think that I'm better than them or that, um, like, what do I have to say to them? But I was super challenged even just a month ago 
I went to a conference down in Austin called If Gathering, and the whole purpose of that conference really was discipleship, and discipleship is really just not an option. It's a command in the Bible, and that it's something that we have to be doing to raise up leaders and to raise up Christ followers. And in some ways, I think discipleship is counseling. Like, I think they really do go hand in hand. And it was kind of the kick in the butt that I needed to say, like, okay, I can't wait around for people to come to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to be intentional to invest in people. Because I do believe that a lot of times hurting people, they either don't know that they're hurting or they do, but they don't feel like they know how to ask for help in that. And so a lot of times I think counseling and discipleship is just seeing needs and meeting it and going to those people and saying, hey, I see you're hurting. Let's talk about it. Like, what can we do to work through this together? And I think people will embrace that more than you think. Yeah. I, you know, we talk about in groups how people come to groups or just in any type of community to be Mm -hmm. known and to know others. Oh, yeah. And so different people... Um, display that in different ways, yeah. whether it's the way that their body language is or the way that they yeah. act. or mm-hmm. um, And people do have, have different defense mechanisms when they're hurting oh, yeah. or when they're in need. And, and just to be aware of that, like you said, I think comes with time and, and experience, but also just, you know, if you're already actively, you know, getting to know people in your group, mm-hmm. over time you're going to know, hey, something's not right sure. this week, you know. Yep. Um, so that's, that's well, awesome. Well, it's awkward to ask for help. I mean, it's awkward for me to ask my husband for help sometimes. And so much less a movement group leader that you may or may not know all that well. And so it takes a lot of discernment, like you said, to see Mm -hmm. people that are hurting and then to have the courage to be able to ask them about that and just ask them questions about those things. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. So what and so in light of of all these things, what are some you know, this is going to be a broad, but just continue the conversation. What What are just some practical ways, if someone comes to you mm-hmm. um, with something, what are just some practical steps of counseling? Sure. <clears throat> well, I think you said this maybe <clears throat> earlier, but, and I think anybody that knows anything probably would agree to this, or if you're in a marriage, you would get this, but listening mm-hmm. is really big, and it's so easy to think that we need to have a 10-step answer for every person that's struggling yeah. and the reality is that that probably doesn't need to happen most of the time and mm. that doesn't happen until later a lot of times people just need an ear to listen to and they need to verbally process out loud yeah. um, and then I think the next step and again this is something that we've even hit on in this conversation but it's not telling them what has worked for you in the past or You know, I've struggled with that in the past, and here is how I handled it. Maybe there's a time and a place for that, but I think more often than not, it's pointing them to God's Word, and it's pointing Mm. them back to Jesus. Um, And those are the things that are going to stick with them. And that should give us a healthy healthy, um, pressure to know God's Word, because truly, do I really want them to know my words, or do I want them to know Jesus' words? Um, And so I think when you know, somebody is struggling or somebody is in a hard time. It's knowing how to point them back to God's word and to scripture and what it says about the thing that they're struggling with. But, but listening is really, really big. I mean, right. You're in a marriage. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. (laughs) I, uh, you know, it's funny. Ashley always, she'll come home at the end of a a work day. She's a teacher and 
she was like, yeah, I was, you know, I got to figure out how to do this or whatever. And, and so being the guy, oh, I can fix that. You mm-hmm. know, here comes me. And, uh, <laughs> and all Ashley wants me to do is listen yeah. and not try to find a solution. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of times what a lot of people want, you know, yeah. guys and girls is just at times needing somebody in their life that's willing to listen to them. Because I think sometimes, too, people already know the answer. Oh, yeah of what they need to do mm-hmm. or what they should do, but they just need to talk it out. Yep. And and so, oh, someone's calling me. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's that, that, that can be a, a reality too. Mm-hmm. So is this just like a one-time conversation? Is it is it an ongoing thing? Mm-hmm. It, you know, obviously it's a case-by-case, case, but, yeah. you know, how does it look like, or what does it look like if it's like an ongoing conversation? Is it, you sure. know, just... When you're face to face, is it following up, you know, mm-hmm. every day on with a text message or what mm-hmm. what does that look like? Oh, I mean it's as everything, it's different for every person and it's what does that person need most right now? And yeah. maybe that person needs you in their face every day mm-hmm. saying, Hey, I'm gonna text you and ask you about this or there's gonna be some accountability in your life and mm-hmm. how do you what do you need most? Maybe that is a text message every day or yeah. a phone call even. Or maybe it's just um, having the courage to ask intentional questions after movement group and say, hey, stick around for 10 more minutes. Let's yeah. talk through how that was this week. That's good. Um, I think a lot of times, though, I think um, you think about people that are hurting or going through a really hard time, and maybe they don't need counseling per se, but they need to know that somebody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, Mindy McManaway and I were talking about this recently. Um, and just, you know, this is not a counseling need, but in my context, it makes sense. So, you know, we have, Joel and I have been working on this house. Um, yeah. We just moved into a house. It's totally a fixer-upper. It's looking great. It's looking great. <laughs> it is coming. Yeah. But it is a lot of work, and it is not work that I have enjoyed, if I'm being honest. But it is a blessing that we are there. And, yeah, so I'll make a long story short. We've needed a lot of help. I mean, mm-hmm. Joel and I do not know enough in order to do this well and do yeah. it on our own. And we need help. And there have been so many people that have been willing to help. Yeah. But I will tell you what, the biggest blessing have been the people that have <laughs> said, hey, I'm free Saturday morning and I'm going to come over. Tell me what to do. Yeah. Or they say, I know how to paint. What are some days that I can come and paint? Yeah. Um, there have been a million people that have said, hey, let me know what I can do. And I know that their hearts are genuine and I know that they genuinely want to help us. Um, But I'm not the kind of personality that's going to call that person up in a week and say, hey, remember that time that you said that you Mm -hmm. were willing to help? How about you come over on this day and help me do this? It's the people that interject themselves into our lives and they don't wait to be told what to do, but they intentionally go and do something for you. That's good. Um, And I think that that's what people need most. If, If somebody is going through a hard season, they lost a job or um, somebody's sick or, I mean, a million things that anybody mm-hmm. can think about, they are not in a position to be able to say, this is how you can physically help me. But yeah. you know what? Maybe sometimes what you need to do is just go and take them a meal. Buy a random, you know, buy a meal at Panera and drop it off at their at their door or yeah. make them a freezer meal and just go take it to them. Don't always wait to be told what to do, but just take action and go and help. Mm-hmm. Um, 
think that that speaks volumes in the lives of people that you're trying to invest in and encourage and love through hard times. That's good. That's good. So, you know, we, we talked about, you know, in, in the, in the context of counseling, pointing people <clears throat> back to what the Bible says yep. and, and what, what God says, what are some biblical approaches, um, towards counseling? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, there's, you know, how to counsel through conflict, you know, marriage sure. help, you know, what yep. does the Bible actually say about counseling yeah. and, all, and all those things? Yeah. Well, I mean, as you were making this document, you kind of listed a number of great places to go to um, that just reiterated that the Bible has a lot to say about counseling and it's mm-hmm. not deaf about um, the things that you need to know about counseling. You wrote down Proverbs eleven fourteen, which I'm trying to go to, um, which basically just says, where there is no guidance, uh, people falls. Um, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So hmm. just a great point of, I mean, Proverbs is the book that just has really great, straightforward help and advice. And I think that that's a great place to go. Galatians 6, 1 just talks about how to restore a person that's caught in sin. Yeah. And um, I think that that is super practical. Um practical help for somebody that's maybe leading a movement group and has to deal with somebody that is in that situation. And I think that that is probably one where it's really easy to think, oh, I need to run and tell Mark (coughs) and I'll let him handle it. Yeah. Um, And again, I think that there are times where maybe that does need to happen. But I think that there's a lot of times when the Lord has equipped all of us to be able to lovingly walk through that model, the biblical model of how to mm-hmm. do that and to not be intimidated to, to try and do that. Um, yeah. But, you know, you were talking about marriage counseling and what that looks like. And obviously the Bible has a lot to say about, about marriage and how to have a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I mean, the Bible is chock full of things not just specifically about counseling, but how to live your life and walk in purity and walk in um, integrity. And I just think the more and more that we know this book, the more and more that's going to flow out of us Mm -hmm. and flow into our speech as we have conversations with people, whether that's formally Mm -hmm. or informally. And as somebody's hanging around 10 minutes before or after movement group and talking about their weeks, I mean, this book should flow out of us and it should be what's guiding and directing our conversations. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, with, with the whole Galatians six passage mm-hmm. about how to help someone back on, on the right path. And, you know, verse three always sticks out to me. It says, if you think you are too important to help somebody, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. And it's mm. just kind of like, it's good. you know, I don't want my pride to get in the way of helping somebody because I'm afraid to fail in yeah. front of them or, yep. you know, it's, or like, I don't know. I just, it just really sticks out to me that, like, I'm not that important. Yeah. Um, and if someone's in need, I need to step up. Yeah. I shouldn't ha- I shouldn't need to wait for somebody else to do it or because yes. their life matters. Yes. And, and especially if they're in the con in your circle, in your community and groups, mm-hmm. their life matters. And, 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 and it is your responsibility. Yeah. I mean, you should feel the weight <laughs> of that. Like, you have been entrusted as a movement group leader with shepherding these people yeah. well. And... Um, to not shy away from hard situations, conversations, and um, I mean, it's not easy, and nobody ever said no. it would be, but that is what you have been entrusted with, 
Yeah. Um, which is good. It's good. Yeah, and and I know people all you know, always ask, you know, how do we lead someone through Matthew eighteen, and, and mm. if someone mm-hmm. has sinned or someone is struggling with sin, you know, how to walk them through that. And and I think when if someone comes to me in a group context, they're in my group, and and they're like, you know, we're struggling with our relationship, or we're, we're, mm-hmm. or I'm struggling with um, this sin struggle. You know, first, you know, like you said, we're going to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to see, we're going to hear everything and be very quick to listen and slow to speak yeah. so that we know exactly what's going on. Yeah. And then, you know, we're going to challenge them. We're going to see, okay, what does the Bible say about this? Yeah. You know, and if you don't know what the Bible says about this, you know, let's you know, maybe, maybe what you do is you say, hey, let's meet in a couple of days. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, you're seeking guidance you're seeking you know what god says about these things Mm -hmm. and looking those and and just being prepared Mm -hmm. and and go with the game plan Mm -hmm. um because i think the whole idea of matthew 18 and and correcting another believer Mm -hmm. and it's like if someone sins against you um and you're gonna go privately and and talk to them about it Mm -hmm. you know and then you know, it says if they're still if they're still not making progress or you're still not getting through to them, then yeah. it says you know okay bring someone alongside yeah. who might have witnessed what you've witnessed and you might know them in the way that you know them and and you're walking them through. Okay, so it's not just me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you know here's someone else who can help. Mm-hmm. And and then and so on and and if you read in Matthew eighteen fifteen through twenty, it, it talks about mm-hmm. the progression of the, of those things. Sure. And, and I think that sometimes that that does answer. Okay, when do I, you know, when do I need to ask for more help? Yeah. You know, if they're yeah. not responding to biblical biblical counsel, if they're not, mm-hmm. um, or you know, obviously if they're going to harm themselves, you know, yeah. in some way, shape, or form, sure. you know, you need to get help. But yes, I think that's a, a really a good outline of you know how we can do that. And and I really like you know so for for instance, someone in our group asked a question. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a counseling question, but someone yeah. asked a question about. A, a point of scripture and I'm like you know what I don't know let's let's mm-hmm. uh, as a group let's research that this week and come back with some answers the next it's week good. so you know as a leader as a counselor you don't need to know all the answers no. <laughs> but you want to point people okay what does the bible say let's sit on this for a moment let's mm-hmm. study and then come back and continue mm-hmm. the conversation mm-hmm. and I think the moment that we approach counseling as at the same level as a person that you're reaching mm-hmm that you're on the same level as them, yeah. that you're going on a journey together rather than you're on a different level than they are yeah. and you're trying to bring them up to your level. Yeah. That's where the breakdown happens. But I think the moment you 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 come down to their level or you go up to their level, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. and you go along that journey with them, mm-hmm. that's what's actually going to it's good. stick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So That's good. And, you know, as you were talking about Matthew 18... That is, you, Joel, Mark, and I actually were all kind of talking about this the other day. That is always the goal, <laughs> but it's hard, and and unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't always work that way. And yeah. I think sometimes what's even harder is when when do you when you find somebody that's maybe in your group that is caught in sin, or that you catch wind of a sin point them to truth, yeah, and to come alongside them and not allow them to just get not get away with it but kind of but to lovingly call them to truth and to to be an illuminator for them Mm -hmm. of what is true and almost act as a mirror to them and say hey like what's going on like yeah like 
let me show you the Bible and what does the Bible have to say about this? Because if I'm being honest, it's way easier just to to brush it under the rug and act like you don't know what's going on mm-hmm. or act like nothing needs to be said. But um, but that's something that we're called to. We're called to yeah. as, as leaders. And um, But as you were saying too, then to have that mentality that the roles could be reversed at any point. You know, like I could be the one that's needing somebody to call me out on something and I will be and I have been that person. Um, And so I think that when we have that mindset, knowing that we all are at the foot of the cross in need of grace and Mm -hmm. um, that allows us to approach these conversations with humility and love and not I'm better than you or I have something to offer you that is good or I don't know. Oftentimes when I help somebody and I approach them with humility, I end up teaching myself or oh, God yeah. ends up showing me something I'm like, oh, wow. You know, like, and, and that's where it really is a journey for both of you, yes. you know, as the counselor or the counsel mm-hmm. or being the counsel person. And so, um, so these are all good things. And, and, um, as we, as we wrap up here, um, as we come to a close, what are, you know, if there was one thing you could leave with our listeners and maybe it's mm. something you've already said, but you just want to reiterate, mm-hmm. what is that one thing you would want to leave with our listeners? Oh man. Um, I think it's just kind of going back and hitting on something that I talked about even earlier. Um, but I think when we think about counseling and we think about what that should look like, it's so often something we think about that we should say. Mm. And what are the 10 steps that I can say to this person to help them through this hard time? Or what are the five illustrations I can use from my life that will be helpful to them? And again, I think that there's a time and a place for that. But I think more often than not, it's being willing to see a need and just be with people. Mm -hmm. And really, that's what people want and they need. It's somebody going through a hard time and saying, hey, I'm here with you. Yeah. Because most of the time, people people don't want to hear anything. And they don't mm-hmm. need to hear anything. They just need to know that you're present, you're willing to show up in their lives and just be with them. And That's that good. is going to speak volumes. And maybe maybe you won't have an avenue to speak truth into their lives at that point. But you're building trust mm-hmm. and you're building a relationship that over time that person will come to you and say, hey, I need your help or I need your advice. And then yeah. God will allow open doors for you to to speak truth into their life. So don't be so quick to feel like you need to say something. Just be willing to go and be with people. That's awesome. Thank you, Morgan, so much. This was great. I feel encouraged. I feel motivated to to go out and to be with my community, with my mm-hmm. family, and to help them and be ready. And uh, so thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, um, for those of you who are listening, you know, the, the vision behind this podcast is to just to be a resource for you guys and to encourage you guys as you listen to these podcasts. We don't know everything. We don't know all the answers. But, no. <laughs> you know, each 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 month we want to bring, you know, another group leader who is right there in the trenches with mm-hmm. you to, you know, to be a resource. And, and so and to just be in that encouragement. So thank you, Morgan, for being here. And, uh, and and if you, any listeners out there have a specific topic you guys want to talk more about, you want us to talk more about, please let us know at infomovementcolumbus.com and, and, and we would be glad to um, consider those topics in the future podcasts.